You're Hired, Interview Skills to Get the Job, by Lauren Epstein, read by the author. Episode 7. Be responsible for your experience for this part of the process. Many people come to this point and feel rushed, cajoled, pressured, that's my favorite one, or just plain disregarded. The recruiter's job is to hire you as quickly as possible. So keep that in mind when he or she is working hard to move the process along. I have heard candidates say many things to give themselves a little more time, including that they're considering other jobs, or they need to talk to their spouses, or simply that they need time to consider the offer. A company may view you as more professional for reviewing the offer. However, Your actions can influence your manager's feelings about you in a pejorative way if you hesitate and take more time than allotted. Once you have agreed upon a decision timetable, never keep them waiting beyond your deadline. They may decide to rescind your offer and make it to another candidate. Remember, they need you now. The sooner you start, the happier they'll be. Once, I had a candidate from out of town come in for an interview with my hiring managers. He wanted to move to the area for his family. He liked us, and we liked him. After the interview, I asked him if he would accept an offer. He said no, for reasons that were irrational to us. Several months later, he called me up saying he wanted the job. I told my managers, but now they were hesitant and skeptical of the candidate's intentions. Also, since we had interviewed him, More local candidates with the skills we were looking for had become available. Our group was about to spend $65,000 to relocate him and his family, and there was a concern that he would leave once we got him down here. This would never have been an issue had the candidate been clearer on his decision to take the job in the first place. Some opportunities are not available the second time around. Communication Strategy Keep the recruiter or hiring manager informed of your search and what you're thinking of doing. This is so important, and here is why. You will choose one company to work for, and once you get there, your forthrightness and honesty will gain you trust right from the start. The companies you say no to become irrelevant. Managers and recruiters know that you could be interviewing with other companies, but unless you tell them otherwise, they could presume that you're accepting their offer. Keep your word when you say you're going to do something on a certain day. If things change, and they always do, call and renegotiate to a later date that you will keep. If you choose to take the offer, don't be wishy-washy about it. Take it, fill out the forms, and follow their hiring process fully and wholeheartedly. One factor to consider when making your decision is the benefits package that's being offered. Read the material carefully, no matter what. You may have a benefit you never use because you didn't know it was available. Getting a counteroffer. A counteroffer happens when your current employer hears that you're leaving and offers you a promotion, more money, or some other benefit to keep you working for them. I have seen many employees take the counteroffer only to regret it later. In case you are tempted to accept a counteroffer, here are 12 good reasons not to. 1. What kind of company do you work for where you have to resign before they pay you a fair wage? 
Two, the money for your counteroffer is likely coming from your next raise. Most companies have strict wage and salary guidelines that must be followed. In giving you this money, they are usually breaking policy. Three, once you accept the counteroffer, your employer may start looking for your replacement, one whom they can pay a lower salary. Four, your employer is now aware that you are unhappy. Your loyalty will always be in question and you'll be out of the circle of trust. Five, when you are due for your annual review, your employer will remember that you were looking and could hold your lack of loyalty against you. Six, if business slows down, you could be the first one to be laid off. Seven, your reasons for not wanting to stay with your current employer will still be troubling you, regardless of your acceptance of this counteroffer. Eight, statistics show that if you accept a counteroffer, the probability is extremely high of either voluntarily leaving in six months or being let go within one year. National figures indicate that 89% of people accepting counteroffers are gone in six months. 9. Accepting a counteroffer is an insult to your intelligence and a blow to your personal pride because you know that you were bought. It is up to you to accept the insult or not. If you accept, then your employer's regard for you will immediately decline. The fact that you can be bought will preclude the possibility of your employer regarding you as an equal. 10. Once the word gets out, the relationship that you now enjoy with your coworkers will never be the same. You will lose peer group acceptance and will forever be that person who was bought back for more money than they are making. The acceptance of your peers will diminish in subtle ways at first, but the trend will continue. The group you work with will become more cohesive without you. Eventually, the group will exclude you from the support structure. Groups can be quite predictable in those situations. 11. Once you hand in the written resignation letter and then allow your boss to talk you out of it, they will feel you can't make a decision and stick to it. They may feel you are using the offer letter as a ploy to get attention or money. 12. Just don't do it. Here are a few questions to ponder when you are considering the counteroffer. If accepting a counteroffer is like acknowledging infidelity, will it be forgiven and can it be forgotten? Will your career track remain blocked if you accept it? Will your responsibilities be expanded? Will you have to report to a person you don't respect? Most employers don't like being fired, so they are temporarily buying you to later dispose of you on their own terms. Is this a ploy to avoid a short-term inconvenience by your employer? What are your realistic chances for promotion now that you have considered leaving? The irony of considering a counteroffer is that you rarely gain anything. Take the new job. If it doesn't work out, you may still be able to go back to your old employer with respect and say you made a mistake. In the meantime, you have the advantage of getting into a new and exciting career opportunity. Responding to the offer. In making your decision, you have three options. One, to reject the offer. Two, to accept the offer as given. Three, to accept the offer if certain conditions are met by the employer. Rejecting the offer. You may have many reasons for rejecting the offer. If you are clear 
that you do not want this job no matter what is offered, call the company and let them know. You can hurt your reputation and future prospects for being hired if you drag this process out when you know you don't want the job. Making it clear that you are rejecting the offer as soon as possible is very professional. Accepting the offer is given. When you are sure you are going to accept the offer, follow the directions and get the offer letter signed and back to the employer as soon as possible. You may need to take a drug test or go through an orientation process. So the more time you give them to get you processed, the sooner you'll start working. Make sure you make a copy of the letter for your records if one is not included. Asking for more money. I get more questions about this than anything else. It is not too hard to know how much you are worth to most employers because most folks get paid within a market range. This market range is a salary that most people holding that job get paid. There are some fluctuations based on factors such as geography, strength and size of the company, the company's current financial situation, and more. For example, in most cities in the country, an electrical engineer coming right out of college with a bachelor's degree would have gotten paid around $30,000 in the mid-90s. From the late 90s until 2001, they could expect up to $70,000 because of the high growth in technology. As of 2004, they could expect $40,000 or a little more. During this time, salaries of existing engineers went up about 20 to 30% if they changed jobs, causing the current decline in salaries for engineers just coming out of school. Sometimes higher salaries can be deceptive. They often come with longer work weeks, arduous travel, or challenging work conditions. Many attorneys who are recent graduates must work up to or more than 100 hours per week to garner salaries above $100,000, while a local district attorney will be paid half as much for working 40 hours per week. You should want to get paid the most that an employer can reasonably pay you. Take these few basic factors into account when determining your worth in dollars and cents. 1. Your education, training, and certifications. 2. Your technical skills. 3. The number of years of experience you have in this field. 4. What your peers within the hiring company earn. 5. How hard is it to find someone like you in the marketplace? The only way to negotiate a higher salary than your peers is to illuminate all of your skills during the interview process. This could include, but is not limited to, knowledge of a particular piece of software, awards you've won, contacts you have at other companies, patents you hold, papers you've written, or books you've published. Speaking a foreign language or having lived in another country could offer the employer the ability to expand into that country. So that could be a valuable skill to mention. If you can present yourself as a complete solution to a particular business problem the employer is having, you can set yourself up to ask for more money. Asking for more benefits. Often, companies cannot give a higher salary than was originally offered. This is because they do not want to create salary inequities. Salary inequities occur 
when an employee at the company is paid higher wages than someone who has similar credentials and responsibilities, but who has been with the company longer. Instead, you can ask for more benefits. Some benefits you can request include extra days of vacation or perks normally saved for their best employees. Asking for perks or other benefits allow the company to increase the value of the deal while keeping your salary in alignment with that of your peers. Sign-on bonuses. Sign-on bonuses became the buzzword of the 1990s when unemployment was down and companies had to pay extra for good talent. Sign-on bonuses are given to keep you happy while at the same time keeping your salary in alignment with your peers. You do not want to be the highest paid person in your group if you don't have the most experience. It will make you a lightning rod for a future layoff. Sign-on bonuses have value, but not as much as you think. Since they are paid in one lump sum, usually in your first paycheck, they are taxed at the highest possible tax rate. This could cut your payment by 35% or more. So a $10,000 bonus turns into $6,500. Remember this when asking for one. If the offer is rescinded, I have seen candidates get great offers with the promise of a new job and more money, only to have their hopes dashed when the company takes back the offer. There are no two ways about it. This is a real bummer. In many cases, you have legal rights and could be compensated if this happens to you. If you have quit your current job, relocated, or incurred other expenses and have an offer letter in hand, you may have a case. There is a body of law under personal injury tort called detrimental reliance. In layman's terms, detrimental reliance means that your belief in or reliance on the contract, which has been broken, resulted in a loss or detriment of some kind. If you choose this option, be sure to get yourself a good labor or employment attorney. Why companies rescind offers. You may have thought that once you get an offer in writing, there is no chance of the job falling through. Unfortunately, that's not the case. While it doesn't happen frequently, even written job offers are sometimes rescinded. Three main reasons as to why this might happen include, one, external factors outside the control of the person doing the hiring. Two, problems encountered with your drug test, reference or background check, or security clearance. Three, something about your post-offer conduct that gives the company cold feet about hiring you. There are external factors that will stop an offer. For example, a company-wide hiring freeze may have been imposed between the time of the offer and the time of your response. Or the company was suddenly acquired and your department is being eliminated altogether. Usually these things don't happen out of the blue. So if you've done your research properly, like I discussed in the beginning of the book, you should be able to anticipate this possibility. There is little that you or the person who wants to hire you can do about these situations. Your only options are to, one, accept the situation and look for another job. Two, wait and work through the problem in hopes of getting the job. Three, negotiate some kind of financial settlement, see an attorney. If you lose a job offer because you failed a condition of your employment, such as testing positive on a drug test, there is usually little you can do. The same is true for passing your background and reference checks. This is why I urge you to address any blemishes from your work history during the interview. 
Admitting to and explaining any skeletons that might be found during a background check is much better for you than having your offer rescinded. Your employer could experience cold feet for an infinite number of reasons. One reason could be your behavior once they made you the offer. That's why it's so important to project a positive image even after you received an offer. Raising issues that should have been discovered during the interview process or demonstrating dissatisfaction with aspects of the job may cause the employer to rethink their decision to offer you the position. I'll say it again. Never quit your job or incur other financial expenses or obligations unless you have an official offer letter in hand. That's the end. Thanks for listening to Your Hired Interview Skills to Get the Job by me, Lauren Epstein. You've been listening to Your Hired Interview Skills to Get the Job. This audiobook is copyright 2007, Lauren Epstein, and is released under a Creative Commons 3.0 attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, United States license. You may, in fact you are encouraged to, make as many copies of this work to share as you like. You may not profit from it, nor may you make changes to it. You must also state who wrote and produced it. A copy of this license is available at creativecommons.org. Your Hired is a free audiobook available at yourhiredbook.com and patiobooks.com. Your Hired is available as a print book from Lauren's website at yourhiredbook.com and at amazon.com. Lauren is available to speak to your group or provide career and interview coaching. Go to his website at www.yourhiredbook.com to reach him. If this book is of value to you, please stop by the website and buy a print copy. Or, if you're getting this book through patiobooks.com, please go there to leave a donation. Your donations help support the author and patiobooks.com so they can continue to bring you quality audiobooks for free. This audiobook was recorded and produced at Dancing Cat Studios in Vienna, Virginia. Dancing Cat Studios produces fiction and nonfiction audiobooks for the DIY author. Contact information can be found on the web at dancingcatstudios.com. You can also reach us through email at dancingcatstudios at gmail.com.